0: We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Hallelujah. Are you
1: ready for some word though? Glory to God. I want you to open your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 30, book of Psalm chapter 30. Got a got a word for you today that I believe is going to um, resonate with somebody in this place, uh, more than one probably, but at, at least somebody. Um, because this journey that we are on with the Lord is one that is exciting. I, uh, I, I'm just excited about my journey. Some people are in this thing just to get to heaven. I'm kind of enjoying the journey. Amen. And I, uh, I, but, but on this journey, how many of you understand that though it's exciting and it's a beautiful faith walk and the Lord is always leading and speaking and guiding, how many of you know there are days when He is not as visible as others, and there are days when you don't hear him as clearly as others. Can I get a witness? Amen. Thank you, both of you. I appreciate that. I want you to uh, follow very closely with me because I'm going to help you on those days when he is not as visible as others and and, uh, his voice is not ringing as clear as at other times. We're going to talk about that today. Are you with me in Psalm chapter 30? I'm going to begin reading in verse 4. And I'm reading from the New King James. He said, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. (laughs) Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you know we could have church for about two hours right there in that verse? (laughs) Glory to God. Verse 6. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me, Lord. Be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end, that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Bow your heads with me. Father, thank you today for another opportunity to communicate your word. Lord, you know my heart today. You and I have talked about this already. Lord, I desire today to simply be an instrument in your hand. Anoint me. And I pray, Father, that every word that comes out of my mouth today will be pregnant with revelation. Let everyone that is under the sound of my voice today hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And Lord, for that, I will give you praise. In Jesus name. Somebody say amen. It is my observation that we live in a church culture which self creates phoniness. Don't look around now, look straight up here. This it is kind of self perpetuating in our ranks. The phoniness is this. We've seen so much spiritual hype that no one's comfortable saying, I'm a little discouraged. I'm tired. I'm lonely. I'm hurting, I'm disillusioned, I'm disappointed. We don't want to say that because we've got a bunch of spiritual phoniness around us where everybody else is saying, if you were like me, you would never be that way. Mm-hmm. It's quiet in here, but I'm going to preach anyhow. Well, uh, look at me, everybody. Look at me. I'm up to here with it. I want to live in a, in, in, in a church culture where people are comfortable enough to take the mask off, and quit acting like you're all that, the RC Cola, a moon pie, and a bag of chips. Because you ain't none of that. Amen. How I many of you still love me? Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't really talking to you, so don't worry about him. <laughs> We're chasing an illusion created by our misguided attempt to somehow be spiritual. <laughs> when I read this psalm, I, I get greatly encouraged when I read this psalm. Everybody in this room can identify with the psalmist in this psalm. See, sometimes we read behind the writers of the Bible and we revere them so much that we miss their humanity. But when I r- read a passage like this, I see the spiritual strength of the writer, but I also see his human frailty. And I like that. Look at it. At the beginning of verse 6, he declares, I shall never be moved. At the end of verse 7, he declares, you hid your face and I was troubled. Wow. In verse 6, He's bragging about how strong he is. And in verse 8, he's crying. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody today. See, I'm not sure how that affects you, but it makes me feel a whole lot better about me. Because I'm going to tell you, some of y'all think that those of us that stand in this pulpit and hold a microphone that we're so anointed we glow in the dark. But I'm here to suggest to you that it don't matter whether you're up here, down there, whether you are in church, out of church, it don't matter. I can tell you that there are days when discouragement wants to just grip your heart and wants to bring you down and cause you to live frustrated. But I came today to help somebody that in those days of discouragement, when the day before you feel like you can charge hell with a water pistol, and the next day you can't even get out of bed. That in both of those occasions, God is still God. There is still an anointing on your life, and you are still selected and called out and appointed by the creator of heaven and earth. Ooh, I'm going to preach till three o'clock now. Hallelujah. Y'all hang on. We're going somewhere with this. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever reached such a spiritual high that you thought you'd never be shaken again? (laughs) Only to have life throw you a curveball. Listen to this. Here are the psalmist's words in this passage. Watch this. He says, in this passage we just read, You healed me. You brought my soul up from the grave. You kept me alive. You didn't allow me to go down to the pit. Your favor is for life. Your joy comes in the morning. You prospered me. You made my mountain stand strong. The next line, verse seven, you hid your face and I was troubled. (laughs) I cried out to you, oh Lord, oh Lord. (laughs) Anybody ever had that cry? Oh Jesus, (laughs) oh Jesus, help me Jesus. See, sometimes when you get reeled down and it gets bad enough, you don't even worry about how pretty you pray. You don't pray church prayers. Amen. I mean, when you get desperate, you pray desperate prayers. You ain't trying to impress somebody with your church speak. How many of you know when you get desperate and you down far enough and you're hurting bad enough, your prayer don't sound like this. Dear Lord God, I beseech thee today. That thou wouldest meet me in my time of great need. No, man. You get down low enough and you won't care. It don't sound pretty to you. You just up out of your belly, out of your spirit. Jesus. You remember Peter when he's walking on the water and he began to sink? You remember what his prayer was? He didn't break into a church prayer. His prayer was, Jesus, save me. My wife. And a friend of ours was driving down the road years ago. We were young in ministry. We had a car. Uh, we had a car that wouldn't go in reverse. Anybody identify? Every time we got in that car to go anywhere, before we left wherever it was parked, we laid our hands on the dashboard and prayed, Jesus, get us there safely. If you pulled up to the gas pump and accidentally pulled up too far, I had to go around the block to come back. And one day... <laughs> My wife and a friend of hers driving down the street and my wife was coming up to an intersection and went to apply the brakes and there were no brakes. And she said to her friend, Joanne, she said very calmly, Joanne, don't panic, but I don't have any brakes. And Joanne went into prayer. And this was her prayer. Jesus, 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 Jesus. (laughs) Anybody ever prayed a prayer similar? (laughs) Man. Listen, when it gets bad enough, don't you worry about what it sounds like to somebody. You just cry out to your Lord like the psalmist did here. Say, Lord, I was real strong. I had, I thought I had this thing all together. I was flying high. Uh, Lord, you know my heart. My heart was right. I was good. I was strong. Everything was good. But Lord, something happened. And today, I just need you, Jesus. I need a word. I got to have a message. I got to have something from you that's going to get me through this mess. How many of you understand that in the midnight hour whenever you don't know how to get out of the mess Jesus will walk in and turn that thing around somebody in here that's been there ought to shout glory hallelujah don't act like you I never had to pray those kind of prayers cause ain't none of us believing in it we all know you amen hallelujah now he feels terrible guilt because not only is he troubled and crying But he's made that bold declaration: I'll never be moved. I'm curious if anybody here today can identify with him. You remember the, you remember Peter? He can identify. I'll never deny you. Jesus said, "Boy, you ain't gonna make it through tonight." Now, that's a paraphrased version, but that's what he said. You ain't gonna make it through tonight. You're gonna deny me three times. I'll never deny you, God. I got this thing. Me and you, Jesus. We tight. We good. I'm your man of faith and power. I'm your woman filled with the Holy Ghost. And the next day, we can't even find you in church. What do you do when God does something that you just didn't expect? Even more importantly, when he does something that seems to be just completely out of character for him. After all the miracles, all of the answered prayers, all the blessings, and then all of a sudden, he hides his face from you. What a shock. Has it ever happened to you? Sometimes the disillusionment of thinking you know how God's going to work, only to have him cross you up can just be overwhelming at times. This all reminds me of the situation the disciples were in after the death of Jesus on the cross. Let me let me take you there and remind you. Turn to John chapter 20, verses 19 through 29. John chapter 20. Look at this. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen And yet have believed. Get this picture with me. The disciples had pinned all of their hopes and dreams on Jesus. They believed that they believed him to be uh, the Messiah, the promised king, which he was, but they fully expected that he had come to establish a new earthly kingdom and reign on earth, which meant that each of them would rule right alongside him while he's here. And now, much to their dismay, they find him dead in a tomb, wrapped in grave clothes, killed by his enemies. Wow. Talking about disillusioned and disillusionment. Listen, God doesn't always operate according to your script. Oh, hallelujah. You, you <clears throat> I gotta stay on track here. Any preachers in here, y'all know what it's like to want to chase rabbits while you preach. Uh I was supposed, it it, it really wasn't supposed to turn out like this. We saw it another way. We believed it was going to be something different. This is not how we saw it turning out. I don't know about you, but I can feel these guys. Now let me help somebody right here. Get this. Many people mistake, watch this, many people mistake what he does for who he is. I'm going to explain, hang with me now. As long as God keeps doing what he's been doing, we don't have any problem. We have a problem when he changes what he's been doing and what he's doing now seems out of character for what we seem to know about him. What do you do when what he does seems out of character for what you understand about him? What do you do when it don't make sense? What do you do when it seems absolutely diametrically opposed to what God ought to be doing in your life? His character. His character is what you trust when you don't understand what he's doing. Somebody ought to tweet that right there. You trust his character when you don't understand what he's up to. Hallelujah. Watch this, y'all. When I don't understand him, when you are in a season in which God has hid his face, you already know enough about his character to sustain you in those days. When I don't understand this mess is when I have to trust what I know about him. Here's what I know. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's what he said. Do I believe? Do I trust his character? Or do I trust my circumstances? Do I trust what I'm seeing? Or do I trust what I heard? What you hear. I'm not talking here. What you hear. You know there's a difference between what you hear and what you hear. What you hear will sustain you. When what you see ain't lining up. You remember Elijah in the middle of a three-year drought says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He says, I hear something. They're in a three-year drought. And a drought. Listen, when them people talk about being in a drought It ain't you all your lawn turning brown. When them people talk about a three-year drought, man, it ain't nothing but dust. A three-year drought. And he says, I hear, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. But watch this. Here's Elijah. You can identify. Here's Elijah seeing drought, but hearing. I hear something that ain't lining up with what I, I see something that ain't lining up with what I heard. What do I do? He sends his servant, go look, cause I hear rain. Go look. <laughs> the servant goes and looks and comes back and says, I see nothing. Listen, there's always gonna be somebody to tell you that what you're hearing. Oh, hallelujah. I, in a minute, if I throw this microphone and take a lap, somebody just jump right in behind me, cause I'm about to get, I'm about to preach my own self-happy right here. Uh-uh, not yet, brother. You'll make me hurt myself. <sighs> Go look again. And he goes again. You know the story. On the seventh time, he comes back. And he says, I see a cloud coming up out of the sea. The size of a man's hand. By the way, before I get there, he says, To his servant go and the Bible says that Elijah sat down put his head between his knees why because Elijah says I can't allow what I'm seeing to keep messing with me so I ain't even gonna look at my mess I don't care about the drought I ain't looking because if I focus on the drought It'll drown out. Some of y'all need to quit looking at stuff. You need to quit seeing your mess. And you need to start anchoring yourself on some stuff that God said to you. Go look. And he comes back on the seventh time. I see a cloud coming up about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, all right, now go tell Ahab to get his chariot and get out of here because there's going to be so much rain that he ain't going to be able to get his chariot through it. And it's all, it is all going to come out of something the size maybe. Just maybe there's more in your destiny than you Maybe just maybe there's more in your dream Than you thought there was Maybe there's more in your future Because it don't take much Little is much When God Hallelujah Glory Somebody in here shout glory. Glory. My God, I'm preaching to four. So hang on. Glory. I got to get back because I got somewhere to go with this. When you are in a season in which God has hit his face, you know enough to sustain you. Listen to another foundational principle. Watch this principle. Write it down if you take notes. When God confuses you. what he does it is always so that he can enlarge your capacity to know him the understand watch this the understanding of who God is comes out of your confusion and your trouble so when you are confused God says I'm just setting you up for a greater revelation of who? Uh, how many of you know the, the stuff that you know the best about God, the stuff that you uh, have anchored in your heart about God, it's stuff that you didn't learn in Bible school or in Sunday school. It's stuff that you learned over on the backside of the desert when there wasn't nobody there to help you, wasn't nobody there to sing you a song or preach you a message. It was 3 o'clock in the morning and you were in a mess when God walked into your life and dried your tears. And showed you something about himself that you didn't know before. So, when God confuses you, you ought to get excited, you ought to get ready because He's about to enlarge your capacity to know Him. Paul said, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. Ain't interested in what you know, I gotta know. Don't tell me what you heard, I gotta hear. I didn't get this stuff in cemetery, I mean seminary. I got this stuff sitting at the feet of Jesus in a mess. Some of y'all will remember, I probably told you this before. Anybody ever been in a mess before? Y'all been in a mess before? Listen, hold on. If you're in a mess, just hold on. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't wring your hands. Don't cry. Don't quit. Because when you're a mess, gets a little age on it, you'll have a message. See, everybody wants a message, but don't nobody want a mess. <laughs> what in the world your message gonna be? You ain't never had a mess. What are you gonna tell somebody about Jesus and you ain't never had a mess that He delivered you out of? What are you gonna tell somebody, somebody about going through a fiery furnace and you ain't never been through one? What are you gonna tell somebody about healing? You ain't never been sick. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we trying to communicate Jesus to the world from here. Jesus said, I want you to communicate me from here. Hallelujah. Don't tell me that he ain't alive. Some man told me, they tried to tell us now that the days of miracles are over. The days of miracles went out with the apostles and the prophets. Well, see, I got a couple of problems with that philosophy or theology or whatever you want to call that. Number one is the prophets, the prophets and the apostles ain't going nowhere. The second problem I have with that is there ain't no such thing as a day of miracles. There's only a God of miracles, and He's the same yesterday, today. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody that knows Him this morning ought to get excited. Somebody that knows Him today ought to shout and give God some praise in here. You ought to lift up your hands and throw your head back and give God a praise for just being who He is. Hallelujah. Praise Him for who He is. Glory to God. Now, it's always about enlarging your comprehension of his person, his deity, his ability, his character. Moses, take your son whom you love up on the mountain and kill him. Okay, God, no problem. Takes his son up, straps him down, raises a knife. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? That child was the love of his life. God said, sacrifice him. But Moses knows enough about God's character to know that if he gives me this kind of commandment, I can trust his character and trust him even if I don't understand what he's doing right now. But what happened was God put him in that situation and put him in that mess and put him in that confusion so that he could enlarge his ability to understand him. Because what we find out is that while Moses is pulling the boy up this side of the mountain, on the other side of the mountain, there's some angels pushing a ram up the other side. (laughs) And what Moses discovered was... That instead of sacrificing his son, he got a whole nother revelation of who God is. And learned at that moment that God is Jehovah Jireh. Abraham, thank you brother. Thank you brother. Y'all think this is easy? Y'all ought to try it sometime. (laughs) Abraham got a whole different understanding. Of who God is and learned of him that he is in my most difficult moment, my provider. And I didn't know that about him until I fell into this confusion. Is anybody getting this? Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody's going to get it. I I just know. Now watch this. In John 20, back up, we started reading a moment ago. Uh, down a little lower, but look up at verse 17 in John 20. Jesus, this is, let me back up and read. Uh, let, me, let me start at verse 15. Jesus said to her, woman, uh, and by the way, this is Mary at the tomb. Jesus appears to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Jesus, she supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. In the middle, look at me, in the middle of their disillusionment, the relationship is about to change. There is a subtle but very profound message in this verse that enlarges the disciples. He said to her, go tell my brethren. Listen, he had never, ever before this moment called them brethren. Never. He called them friends, he called them servants, but he never had called them brethren until now. Out of their despair and fear, they got a whole new revelation of who Jesus is. They got the revelation. It changed the way they talked because later Jesus is referred to as the firstborn among many brethren. Without that revelation, they don't fully understand their new birthright. That they are now heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And it came to them in their greatest moment of disillusionment and fear. Wow. God is something. Hallelujah. He is our friend. And that's why. We can now sing that old song from scripture. I am a friend of God. I am a friend because he is my friend, but he's my brother. He is my Lord, but he's my father. Hallelujah. He is God, but he's everything I need him to be when I need him to be that. Somebody in here ought to shout glory. Out of their despair and fear, they got a new understanding. When God throws you a curveball, get excited because he's about to reveal himself to you in a higher understanding than you have now. Let me show it to you again in verse 17. Jesus said to Mary, Mary, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me. In other words, if you cling to me, you're holding on to the past. You're holding on to what you presently know about me. I know you want to cling to me because you love me, but your love is based on what you've known up to now. Your love is based on all you know now. Don't cling to me. you got to release me so that I can reveal myself at another level. Because in a few days, you're not going to be able to touch me physically anymore because I'm out of here. But I'm going to send my comforter and I'm going to come back and take up resonance down on the inside of your reborn spirit. Ah, hallelujah. Which means that I stand here today not with some head knowledge of of a God that exists out there somewhere in the cosmos, but I stand here today knowing this, that when I was in the darkness and midnight hour, God walked into my life and picked me up, cleaned me up, saved me, redeemed me, and put my feet on some solid ground. And now I know that I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And if God be for me, somebody tell me who in the world can be against me anyway. (laughs) Hallelujah. I know him now. I know him now. This ain't about something I read, this is about something I lived this ain't about something a preacher told me this is something I lived I've been in the prison, I've been bound I've been oppressed, I've been shackled by the enemy, I've been drug abused and I've been beaten I've been thirsty and hungry anybody know what I'm talking about but it was in that moment that I got my revelation of who God is and now I'm at a place that if I don't understand what he's doing, I got enough of the character of God in me that I can trust him even when I don't see hallelujah somebody shout hallelujah glory don't cling to me Mary you're clinging to what you know you're clinging to all you've known but there's something more there's something greater it's coming you've related to me one way now you're going to relate to me in another way Before this, you related to me in the flesh. Now you're going to relate to me in the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. She just got a higher understanding. Her understanding of him has just enlarged. Don't cling to what you have known about me, because if you do, you'll never know more than you know right now. Hallelujah. Listen, children of God, don't cling to your past blessings. Don't cling to past revelation. Assuming... (laughs) That because of those things that you somehow know about the fullness of God, when God hides his face, you trust his character. (laughs) Now look at this, and I'm closing with this. Look at the difference in the way people get it. The first disciples without Thomas there saw his scars and believed. They just saw it and they believed. That's what it took. Some people, all they got to do is just see God do something in their life. And it changes them. And that's all they need. Later, Thomas says, I've got to put my finger in his scars before I believe. Thomas didn't get it until he felt something. Some people get it just by seeing. Some people get it when they feel something. But Mary in the cemetery heard his voice when he said, Mary. And she got it. Some people have to see it. Some have to feel it, but there's some of us that say, God, all all I got to do is hear it, Lord. All you got to do is let me hear it. Just let me hear it. Because what I hear is more important than what I see. When Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water, the Bible says he's out on the water. The waves are, he got out of the boat on a word. He heard something that got him out of the boat. Jesus said, Come. And he got out on... See, I know he walked on water, but I believe he's really walking on word. Because you can't walk on water, but you can walk on word. And he's walking on word. Watch this. Read it for yourself. And the Bible says, and he saw the storm, the wind, the waves, the lightning, the clouds, the rain. He saw the waves, and he began to sink. He's out of the boat on what he heard, but he began to sink when he focused and believed what he saw over what he heard. What do you do when what you heard or what you see rather ain't lining up with what you heard? What do you do when what you see flying in the face of what you think you heard God say? (laughs) Anybody ever been there before? I'm out here on what I heard and now all I see is this trouble. All I see is this storm. But how many of you understand the waves and the wind had nothing to do with him walking on water because he was walking on water. It, didn't matter. it wouldn't have mattered if the ocean was flat. You can't walk across a swimming pool. It don't matter about the winds and the waves. They're distractions. He was out there on what he heard. Hallelujah. Some of you have heard things. I'm telling you, I was driving over here this morning, me and the Lord just talking about this day, and I know God put in my spirit that there's some people here That have heard some things and believed some things, had some vision and some promise, a, a, a destiny, some hope, something that you believe God told you and it didn't come to pass. And then all of the mess of your life just started coming up around you. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in your past, don't know what day it was, but somewhere in your past, you went and buried your dream or your word that God spoke to you. I'm here today to tell you this. You know enough about his character to trust him right now enough to go back to the moment in time that you buried your dream or your destiny. For your word and today dig that thing back up and breathe life back into it and say God I trust your character it hadn't come to pass yet but I trust what I heard and I'll hold on to this and I'll anchor my life on it and I'll stand on it and never be moved from this thing because I trust your character if that's you." If this word and what I just shared touched you where you are, that may be one of you, it may be 10, maybe, I don't know how many. I don't care if it's just one. But if it touched you where you are today, and you've been challenged by this to believe again, to dream again, you've been touched by this word to think that there's something about God. I know that's bigger than what I'm seeing. If that's you, Raise your hand right where you are, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm praying. i tell you what I want you to do. Those of you, everybody stand up with me, please. Everybody stand up. Stand up with me. If you just raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have, I want you now to take one more step and come and meet me right down front here, and I'm going to pray with you. Come on. Come on. I'm going to pray with you. hallelujah come on oh hallelujah hallelujah glory my goodness my goodness my goodness look at this look at me up here everybody Look at me up here. The cemeteries of this world are filled with unfulfilled dreams and unfulfilled destinies and unfulfilled purposes. But there are believers standing in front of me today. And believers believe. And you are going to believe today that what God spoke to you is big enough to get you through what you see. It's big enough to help you navigate through confusion and clutter and disillusionment and fear because he said, I am the I am. And I'm big enough to get you through Some of you are in a moment, in a season of disillusionment and fear right now. Some of you came up here because right now life ain't making sense. It's not that you're unsaved. If you died today, you'd go to heaven. We're not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about your journey. And some of you are in a season of disillusionment right now because life ain't making sense. But you know enough about your God to know that you can trust him. He's got a character that you can trust. So I'm going to trust him now. Hallelujah. My God in heaven. Abbasanda, Abashilo Boko Ronda, Abbasata, Abakayeta, Abbasondor Romba, he shoots Abaha pray. Those of you that are up here, just pray. Just talk to the Lord a minute and tell Him what's on your heart. Tell Him where you are and remind Him that you just need to hear something today. Remind Him that you just need a fresh word and maybe this is it. Maybe what I share today is what you needed to hear. That's what. But now you can anchor yourself again on His character. Just tell Him. Put it in your own words. Don't wait for me to do it. Don't wait for me to pray your prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ca sandarabashilo borrón de besita la vaca, ronda la besito ronda para chutar sátra, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, thank you for those that are standing here in front of me today. I thank you, Father, for meeting them right here. I thank you, Father, that you are touching them by the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that life has thrown them curveballs and circumstances have messed them up and confused them. Lord, I thank you today that what they're seeing has not lined up with some of the things they've heard. But today, I thank you, Lord God, that they've heard a fresh word. They've got a new sound. They've heard something fresh that will allow them to stand on your promises and trust your character and I give you the praise for it in Jesus name hallelujah Lord I thank you for fresh vision today fresh dreams somebody Somebody that has almost given up or maybe you have given up on a promise that you believe God promised you a long time ago. Go back and get that thing right now and freshen it up. Take it before the Lord again and hold it up to him and remind him that he gave you that promise. And remind him that you're going to not give it up again, but you're going to hold on to it. You're going to cherish it. You're going to anchor your life on it the safest place in the world to be is anchored on the promise of God and on the word of God, on the voice of God. Hallelujah. God's doing something right now in your life. This is not just another day, not just another message. Some of you are going to literally feel this thing. You're going to hear it. You're going to touch it. You're going to see it. It's going to be revealed to you in a fresh way. Hallelujah. Now, those of you that are standing before me, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and say this to him. Say it to him, not to me. Say it from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for reminding me that I can trust you even when I don't see you. I can trust you even when I don't feel you. I can trust you because you're trustworthy. Your God, and I love you. Thank you for allowing me to hear something new that will make sense of what I'm seeing. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I give you the praise. Now, somebody give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Hallelujah. Y'all Anybody feel Jesus in this place Man he's here Glory to God Listen I'm not going I'm not going to come down and lay hands on anybody Because there's some stuff that you don't get by impartation This is stuff you're going to get directly from him This is a link between you and God I I can't impart this to you I can lay hands on you till I rub you ball headed And you ain't going to get this This is going to come from him directly to you. And you got it today. If you heard this word and if it ministered very dramatically and specifically to you, I want to encourage you to get the CD or the DVD of this. Put it in your car. And for the next week or two, every time you crank your car, just let it be playing, let it loop, just play, it and get this in you. Because one of the things we know about us is that we we learn by re- by re- repetition. That's the way we learn. You know, it gets in you more. I know when I when you're in elementary school and you learn your ABCs, you learn A B A B, and then you A B C A B, and you learn by repetition. Now that you 50 or my age, you still learn. By, repu- by repetition. So get this. Put it in your life. Let this word get in your spirit so that it lives there and it will anchor you. I love you. And I'm honored to be back with you today. Uh, I don't know what time I was supposed to quit or what time y'all normally get out, but uh, I've enjoyed myself whether y'all enjoyed it or not, so I'm all right. But <laughs> I, I thank you for allowing me to come. Thank you to Pastor Steve and Yvonne. Your pastor and first lady are the best Y'all are so blessed to have them, and I thank God for them. I honor them today, and for Him to call me and ask me to come and fill in while He's gone, lets me know that He trusts me, and that's the greatest honor that anybody, any pastor, could give me. And so I appreciate that. I love y'all. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor.
0: Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida